But as we get ready to jump in this morning, as we uh, ready to sit under the Word of God, it's, it's crazy to me. It's weird to anyone else almost through Colossians. Uh, in some ways, that's like we've been here for a while. In some ways, it feels like we just started. Uh, James will come up and read our text for us. And if you would like to follow along, the Black Bibles that are there in front of you, it's page 669. If you look at the Blue Bibles that are there, it's page 202. And when you get there, if you would stand uh, in honor of the reading of God's Word. I think most of y'all hear me. I'll go flat All right. This is the Word of God. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in the thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open the door for us for the Word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. Praise the Lord, that's his word. Praise the word of the Lord. Amen. 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 So, devote yourselves to prayer. So before we even jump in, right now, I couldn't help but think you. Uh, there's a story of Corey Tindu. If you guys don't know who she is, I would recommend go and read some of her story. She uh, wrote and taught immensely on forgiveness. Right? And if you're someone who's struggling with that, as I'm someone, I have struggled with some forgiveness in some places, and I'm probably the only one, right? <laughs> but now she had more reason even than I. She was a survivor of the concentration camps. And there came a time that she was speaking on forgiveness, and during the question-answer portion at the end, someone came up and said, you don't really believe this. What if the man who abused you, who killed your parents and siblings, what if he stood before you and asked, forgive me? You wouldn't forgive him. And she paused. She said, I believe by the strength of Christ I would. And this man began to weep at the microphone and said, would you forgive me? He was the Nazi god. And she did but yet there was another time she was speaking on prayer and again at the question answer time after after someone got to everything that you mentioned when you prayed, every single one of these answered prayers would simply be mere coincidence. And she paused and unlike us, sometimes we just try to give that knee-jerk answer and say, oh no, this is why you're wrong. She just said, yeah, you, you could be right. Every one of these could be mere coincidence. But there's something funny happens. I find that the more I pray, the more coincidences happen. I just, I love that, right? And maybe they are coincidences, but the more I pray, the more coincidences happen. Amen. But yet, she said also on prayer, she asked this question during that meeting. She asked, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? I mean, was it? You know, so often, you know, what is, we, we make all of our plans, we do everything we're going to do, and for us so often, prayer is simply that last thing, saying, God, here's my plan, can you just sign off on it here at the end? And yet, that's not what prayer is in the Bible. Why, we're going to devote ourselves, some passages say, continually, steadfastly in prayer, pray always. 
And this idea is that we are supposed to be those who everything we do is we do it in prayer. And one of the beautiful things about prayer, it's not that God is some genie that we rub a lamp and he just gives us what we want. He's not Santa Claus that we just sit and, hey, here's my list and I think I've been more naughty than nice. When we come and actually meet with God, the biggest thing that happens, it's not that we change God's mind, but he begins to change us. I mean, I'll find even in my, in my own heart, there are times that when I will go and pray, and oftentimes I don't really want to. I say, well, I probably need to. If I really spend time in prayer, something starts to change in me. It, it might be the only one that, okay, when I, I start to pray, and all of a sudden there's a calmness that washes over my spirit. Right? I start to pray, and it seems that maybe I can more easily follow the instructions of Christ to not be anxious. But I can trust God with everything. We are to be people of prayer. Again, Martin Luther, the great reformer, said to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Right, if, if we are to be those of prayer, uh, another commentator I read, he talked about that prayer is the breath of heaven. I love that. <coughs> if you look in Revelation, where it talks about and describes what is going on in the very presence of God Almighty before the throne, it says that there before his throne, there is the incense that goes up before him, which is the prayers of the saints. I love that. I'm a sucker for a good uh, stick of incense. You know, I'll, I'll burn some. Sometimes when I'm burning it, I just think, you know, God says this is the aroma of heaven, the very prayers of the saints. If you want to look even more closely, right, we are called as Christians to be Christ-like. Like that's what that name Christians came came from. The most of Acts, if you look, they were just called followers of the way. Coming from Christ saying, I am the way, the truth, the life, no one comes to the Father except for me. And they came to be called Christians because they were little Christs. So as those that are meant to be little Christs in our world, what did Jesus do? Jesus himself was a man of prayer. You look in the Gospel of Matthew, 14 verses 23. It says that after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself and prayed. Well into the night, he was there alone. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. Or in Mark again, 6, 44 through 46. Right, right after he had fed the 5,000 men plus women and children, it says immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, after he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. Uh, one chapter later, in verse 12, it says that during those days he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. Um, and I'll be honest, I kind of 
life that it's there. Uh, and he's getting up in the morning. So if you're a morning person, you have some reasons, right? Some examples to get up early and pray. If you're like me, I'd rather stay up till two than wake up at five. Um, there's here's an example of him staying up all night and praying. Right? So neither one's necessarily more holy than the other. It just do it. But yet so often we feel like prayers, right? Because we have these written prayers, or we go through maybe in the hymnal or these old prayer books, or you know, we get up and pray and we use all these vowels and shouts and all these words that you know you haven't read since you were in 10th grade English and you really didn't understand it then, right? Like sometimes we listen to people pray and it sounds more like a Shakespearean song than it does like a conversation. We're trying to pull on air, goodness gracious, I've done that. I mean, I, I love sitting and studying and talking to people. And, you know, I got friends and you know, everyone's a nerd about something. You guys know that, right? Like everyone nerds out on something. There's that one issue that if you get them on, you're going to wish you didn't because they're going to talk your ear off. Like, you're going to try to get away ten times and not be able to. And I guess sometimes we geek out on theology and some of that stuff. I know plenty of those $10 words, but there's sometimes we use those maybe in prayer to impress that person next to us. There's times maybe when we gather together that we're praying more that the person next to us hears us and thinks we're holy than that God would hear and answer and move us. Or am I the only one who's ever done that? Yeah, God forgive us when we do, but sometimes we feel like that is what prayer is. And prayer is simply a conversation. I love Tim Keller, who was a pastor in New York City, when he described uh, the issue of prayer and what we do, our adoption into God's family. He says the only one that could wake a king up in the middle of the night for something so simple as a glass of water is his child. And this is the meaning of adoption in prayer. We just go to it. Prayer is this conversation, this going to God. It's how He moves and acts. But when we go to Him, Hebrews 11, 6 says, Now without faith it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. And in doing so, came across this quote by John Wesley this week. God does nothing but by prayer and everything with us. Right? Do we really believe that that's how God works? Do we really believe that He is there for us? Do we really believe that prayer is that thing that moves mountains, as Christ said? He said, if you just have this amount of faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea, and it would. So often, though, we in prayer, we get so caught up. It seems that when we sit down to pray, everything we forgot from our to-do list floods back, right? It's so hard to sit and to focus. Especially in our culture, our attention spans have grown, grown so very short. Because we're just used to just sitting there, okay, this and this and this. And, you know, we'll sit down to check one thing about us. It's 45 minutes later because we've watched just a bunch of 10-second videos. That the studies have done the average attention span for a high school student back in the early to mid 90s was roughly 27 minutes. Which doesn't seem terribly long, but I mean, that's you know, 30 minutes or so. And those same studies redone here recently, it has gone from a number of minutes to roughly 20 seconds. 
We're so easily, easily distracted. And I believe that's, what, that's by design of the enemy. He wants to keep us distracted. He wants to keep our head moving. William Grenall, who's one of the great Puritans, who wrote a phenomenal work on spiritual warfare, the Christian in complete armor. He wrote this in that book. He said, Satan cannot deny but that the great wonders have been wrought by prayer. As the spirit of prayer goes up, this kingdom of God comes down. Right? When we pray, we are literally moving, shaping, forming the kingdom of heaven that's here. Right? Yes, we long for it. We are in this already but not yet of the kingdom of God. God said it is here, it is now, but we're awaiting the fullness of it. And one of the ways that we see it come and take effect is by prayer. Paul writes to the church in a court and said, If you truly understood this message that I was giving to you, you would rule and reign over cities now. And that's always sounded a little bit confusing to me. He's speaking to these poor people who were poor. They were outcasts. They were Dejected by accepting the name of Christ, they were ostracized from so many parts of society. They were going through even uh, times of persecution, both economically and physically. So, what does he mean by this? And I believe that when he says you would rule and reign over cities, that he is talking about in the spiritual realm. Think back to one of those stories that we never really know what to do with, right? In the Old Testament. A prophet who prayed day and night, and only a few weeks later, an angel showed up and said, Hey, I'm here to answer your prayer, but yet I was hindered. I had to get a backup angel to come and help me out. Right? The enemy does not want us to pray because when we pray, we take a hold of that God given right as co heirs of Christ. That we rule and reign over cities. Right? If we actually believe this, like we all every week, right? We pray for Montgomery. Right? You would have to be just willing, willingly and willfully ignorant to not look at the schools in Montgomery and think something needs to change. Even a blind man can look and see that things aren't the way they should be. But yet, if this is true, are we stepping in? Are we spending more time praying about or campaigning for? Because at the end of the day, right, I don't care which party it is, which politician promises the only way things will change is by prayer and by God doing something. I kind of mentioned we're talking about praying for the country. If you really go and look during colonial America, things were actually pretty bad. I mean, there's some crazy wickedness going on to the point that there was record of students on a regular basis breaking into the chapel of certain colleges. And you guys know that all of our Ivy League schools were founded as seminaries so we'd have good pastors, right? There are students that would break into them and literally sacrifice goats on the altar on Friday and Saturday nights just in drunken parties. They thought it was fun. Right, if you look just the way things were going, we talk about you know, you know, Johnny Appleseed, but one of the reasons everyone grew apples wasn't because they, you know, they loved them as a snack or they baked them in pies, it was because they made cider. 
And yet there was a small church in Connecticut, their pastor, Jonathan Edwards, he called his church to pray. And through prayer, specifically praying that there would be a spirit of awakening, a spirit of conversion, people began to attend the prayer meetings and attend the prayer meetings. And it got to the point that they would have just as many, if not more people during their weekly prayer than they would on Sunday. And God began to move and shake. And in fact, he did something so great that even atheists and agnostic historians look back and call it the Great Awakening. It moved and shaped the very nature of our country. Do we pray like that? Do we pray, right? As Paul says here, I pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the world to declare the mystery of Christ. Do we pray for that? When's the last time we pray, God, give me the opportunity to share the gospel with someone today? When's the last time you actually asked, hey God, I want to share this message? As I was preparing this week, I couldn't help but think. I remember when I was living in Oregon, I was you know, moving home, and I had some friends that were moving up, and we kind of crossed paths for just a number of weeks, and so I wanted to drive up to Portland and see them. And I did on the way. I just prayed, I'd love to share the gospel with someone. It was one of those times, and I can't remember exactly what the passage was, I remember feeling convicted for that sermon about sharing the gospel, and as we got to this party, I was able to just sit down and share the gospel with somebody for a good amount of time. And my friends that I was staying with was like, man, how, we thought like we never had those opportunities just pop up. And it seems like there are people that they just pop up around all the time. And I just said, well, when's the last time you prayed, God, I want to share the gospel with someone today? Like, God wants to answer that prayer. God wants to do these things. And yes, He is sovereign, but He is sovereignly elected to move through prayer. Or as the American evangelist D.L. Moody said, every great movement of God can be traced back to a kneeling figure. If God is going to do something great, something that will last, he will do it through prayer. I want to ask you, I pray, and this isn't a shame on you if you're not. This isn't, hey, you should pray X amount of times uh, throughout the day. This is simply an invitation in to this beautiful thing of prayer. God is our Father. It says, in fact, that we are no longer slaves. We are children. We have been given this very Spirit of God by which we call out, Abba, Father. So just go to your Father in prayer. And if you don't know how to pray, learn the way you learn everything else. Just do it. Right? You will fail 10,000 times at anything you want to be a master of. If you want to be a master of prayer, just simply pray. Do you, you know, those of you that are parents, when your child is learning to speak, do you scold them for saying words incorrectly? No, it's you encourage them to continue to learn. And so just pray. He is your father. He wants to meet you there. We're called to again boldly approach the throne of grace. God loves the prayers of his peoples. And again, even just think, I mean, maybe for you it's that, you know, those scented candles, right? 
I mean, everyone has that, you know, something that they burn that smells good, or maybe for some of y'all, your wife has those things because you wouldn't get it without them. But when you, next time you go and you light that candle, and you light that incense, you smell that good aroma, think about the prayers that you pray is that sweet aroma in heaven. Or maybe you don't pray because you're scared. God, I'm so angry or confused right now that if I pray, maybe something would come out that wouldn't be okay. Go read through the Psalms. Come sit with us on Wednesday night when we go through the Psalms. Most pastors, if they were as honest as the Psalms, would be fired in a week. I mean, right? God, where are you? What have you done? Just pray these prayers. And so I would end just with a charge of just spend time in prayer today. Spend time in prayer this week. Spend time in thankfulness. If you catch yourself amazed by a sunset, or for you know, David and Mary, it's probably more likely a sunrise for y'all. Thank God for it. Right, if something pops up that just causes you to be happy or overjoyed, thank God for it. If you're worried, just God help me. Right, practice having these little times and moments of prayer. That be, the way we pray without ceasing is we just, it doesn't have to be this God help me here. God, I'm walking into this meeting. God, I'm going to meet with this person. Or simply the prayer that we see over and over again. Just pray, Father, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. And I believe that if you do that this week, when you come back next week, you will have stories and praise reports and prayers answered. Either in your own heart or for those who are praying for It is a blessed thing that we can go and approach the throne of grace. And I'll end with this before we sing our last song and have our benediction. There's an author that I like, Brendan Manning, and he talks about this radical grace. He describes as, you know, the gospel, it's like drinking you know, a thousand proof strong straight from the bottle, right? It is, it is this thing that is you know, unadulterated. And if it's true, there's no reason you shouldn't be going to prayer multiple times a day. I simply laughed and he said, uh, as Christians, sometimes we should go to God in prayer just to remind the devil he can't stop us from, like, from, from going. There are sometimes, I'll be honest, I do that when I'm feeling tempted. I'm like, oh my God, I, or I'm, I have blown it, or I'm tempted to blow it, or I'm halfway through blowing it. I'll go to pray sometimes just to remind the devil in my own flesh I can still go. I kind of love that. Prayer is our lifeline. Prayer is our power. And it is through prayer that God has sovereignly decreed that He shall grow and move and revitalize and, Lord willing, send revival to our church and an awakening to our nation. If you would bow with me as I close us in prayer, that if you would stand as we sing uh, before the throne of God, it's not in our hymnal, but it is printed off here. And our bulletin. Father, I want to thank you so much for what you have done. I want to thank you that you have given us the right to come and pray. That you call us to boldly approach the throne of grace. Father, let us remember that it is a huge blessing that we can even come and pray. That if we had an audience once in a lifetime with a king or president or head of state, it would be something that we spoke about 
until our last day, and yet you have called us to boldly approach day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, to the very throne of grace. Let us not forget the blessing that is. Let us not forget the privilege we have. And Father, I ask that you would fill each and every one of us here that belongs to you with your spirit, that we would see heaven shake and the earth move, that we would see revivals first in our own self, then our families, our church, our city, our state, our nation, and our world. That we would see as other generations have prayer move mountains. Prayer leads to those things which changes the very course of history. Father, we ask that you do all of these things by the power of your spirit and to the glory of King Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want to send you out with these words. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory and great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. World without end. Amen. 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 And peace.